Go ahead and open to Hebrews chapter 1. It's exciting to have you guys here. Um, we are beginning a new series as we're heading into the summer, as well as heading into kind of the rest of this particular year. Um, one of the things that we get to do when we talk about things that we teach about, things that we get to talk about, we get to pray through. Everybody say pray. We pray through what is God speaking to us? What does God want us to really discuss and dive into? And one of the things that I felt like the Lord wanted us to dive in specifically this summer comes with Jesus, the Son of God. Now, if you've been a part of a church, it's like, well, everything's about Jesus. You, you could answer Jesus to any question in church, right? What's the right answer? Jesus. Well, who's the most important person? Jesus. Do you want some coffee? Jesus. Amen. All right. So Jesus is very much a part of what we do, but what I'm specifically talking about is taking a concentrated look at the man who is the Son of God, Jesus himself. If you're someone who is here that's been a part of a church, maybe you're someone that's been to church but you've never heard about Jesus himself, you hear the name Jesus mentioned, but you don't really know exactly who he is. Maybe you're someone who's never been to church and you have no idea who it is. You know what? I had the honor of being a, a high school coach this last year. And one of the players on the team actually came to know Jesus. Um, I invited him to church and that provided an avenue. And it was funny. Here's a person who's 18 years old. And I look at him and I say, have you ever heard of Jesus? And he goes, no. Who's that? Which surprises me that someone might have no context for Jesus. Maybe you're someone that's heard of Jesus through your history class. Maybe you've heard of Jesus through religious studies at your school. Maybe you've heard about it every once in a while from your parents right before they say, now get ready for church. Amen. Oftentimes we may hear of Jesus, but we don't really hear the specifics of who he is. So I want us to look at. Um, who he is this morning. If you're in Hebrews chapter 1, this is actually a book in the Bible that talks specifically about the nitty-gritty details of who he really is. Jesus Christ, Christ is referring to him as a Messiah. Messiah is a term that's used throughout the Bible that refers to an anointed one. Maybe you're someone who's heard the name Jesus. Maybe you've heard different names of Jesus, like the Son of God. Amen? Maybe you've heard different terms like the Son of Man. That's also used to describe him. There are so many of them as Lord, Savior, King, Healer, are all different titles. The Great Prophet was another one that was referred to him throughout the Bible. The Great Commander. In fact, in the Bible, it refers to him as the Commander of the Armies of the Father. And so there are all these different titles to who Jesus is, but ultimately... Knowing who Jesus is and learning about who he is, is the very core of why we were here today. Any of you wake up this morning and ask, why are you here? Any of you wake up and go, why am I at church today? Some of you, that could be a really simple answer because my parents took me. Maybe it's something, uh, you know, I, I never really thought about what really makes this so important that we're, what we're doing right now. And it ultimately boils down to Jesus. And I can just say as a pastor, but even more as just a believer in Jesus, that Jesus Christ is the most important thing when it comes down to why we are gathered as a church and why you call yourself a Christian. Did you know that the term Christian actually just means little Christ? You're like 
Christ, the one you're very much following. Jesus Christ and what he did coming down to earth, but even who he was before he came down to earth, is very much the center of the Christian faith. And I would say this like this, not that this would ever happen, but this is how important it is. If for some reason we discovered that Jesus wasn't who he said he was, this would all fall apart. We would stop gathering as a church. Why? Because we're not just a club with good morals. Amen? This isn't a place to modify your behavior so you feel better about yourself as a person. Well, I go to church. I must be a good person. That's not why you're here. Nor are why we're here. We're here because we believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God... The only begotten Son of the Father came down to earth and died for our sins so that if we trust in Him and we enter into relationship with Him, we not only are made alive now and we're forgiven now, we can live in the fullness of everything that He has for our lives in this life, all of the goodness and the freedom that He has. And not only that, you don't have to be afraid of death or what's going to happen after this life because you are now a part of God's family. And what it says is that there is eternity, there is heaven forever with Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, and all of his people who trust in him together. So not only do we live this incredible life, but we live with this incredible hope as well. See, there's a lot to what we do, and there's a lot that's riding on Jesus, the Son of God. Amen? In Hebrews 1, I want you to look at the very first verse. I'm going to read... The NLT version, there are different versions of the Bible because it's translated out of different languages. doesn't mean that it's different. It's just communicated differently, but it's the same point. So, Hebrews 1, verse 1. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his Son. God promised everything to his son as an inheritance, and through the son, he created the universe. Now, the son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Can you say amen? says, long ago, before Jesus came, there were prophets, there were people that came and spoke that God loved his people and was going to redeem them through a Messiah, through a chosen one. Did you know that if you look at your Old Testament in your Bible, that there are over 300 different prophecies about Jesus, that Jesus fulfilled all of them, whether it was about him, his character, certain things that he did, even about where he was born, certain things surrounding that and his life. That were fulfilled by him. So long ago, God spoke that he was here to redeem his people. And then ultimately, in this amazing point in human history, Jesus came down from heaven to earth. Jesus, the son of God, he took on human flesh to be with us and to die for us and to pay the penalty of our own sins. Jesus is one of the most polarizing figures in human history. In fact, people will admit that even that don't believe in Jesus. There are people that love Jesus, and there are people that really, really don't like Jesus a lot. Amen? You can see that around you. Or if it's not Jesus himself, they may not like what he stands for. Or they may love what he stands for. The bottom line is that since Jesus has entered the scene... 
that it's been a polarizing, it's been a real impactful point in human history of who he is. So knowing where you stand with Jesus is one of the most important things that you could possibly do. In fact, in John 21, one of Jesus' disciples wrote about this. He said, if we actually wrote down everything that Jesus did, you know that the Gospels, they only wrote down some of the things to help their readers of the day. It wasn't like, this is everything that we remember. They just chose certain things because Jesus did so many. But what it says at the end of it in John 21, 25, it says, if we wrote down everything that Jesus actually did when he was on earth, it says, not all the books in the world would be able to contain everything that we did. This was someone who was really special, and we know it. And we know it today, too, as well. Amen? So the question I want to ask you this morning, I, want, I just want to give you guys a simple question, and I want to give you two points to relate to it if you're taking notes. First, here's your question this morning. Where do you stand with Jesus? It isn't just necessarily... What do you think about Jesus? What are your experiences with Jesus? What is your personal preference or opinion about Jesus? But where do you actually stand with him? And this is what's interesting. Because everybody, everybody, say everybody. Okay. Everybody say. Everybody. Everyone has a stance of Jesus. Everyone does. You love him. You're in relationship. That's your stance. This is where we stand. It's called defining the relationship. You all have to do it someday. Amen? Maybe not with Jesus, but no, just kidding. Uh, maybe you're someone that doesn't like Jesus. <coughs> Sorry. And that's a stance. Maybe you're like, I don't want anything to do with Jesus. I just want to go to church and do whatever I want. Did you know that's a stance in itself? Everybody has a stance or a place that when it comes to Jesus that they find themselves in. And so my question is, what is your current stance right now with him? <coughs> See, it's important to ask yourself. I ask myself that every minute or every, not every minute. All right. Every morning. Every morning, it's an opportunity for you to say, where do I stand with Jesus right now? And why do I stand that way with him? It's a good question to ask yourselves. And that's the question I want to ask you this morning. I'm not asking you. This is what I'm not asking you. Can I get everyone's attention? I'm not asking you how often do you go to church. I'm not asking you how many Bible verses you know. I'm not asking you if your family attends church. I'm asking you. Everybody say you. You. I'm asking you. Where do you stand with Jesus? Doesn't matter what anyone else is or what uh, anything else is happening. It's all about you and Jesus and where do you stand in your relationship. In fact, Jesus himself would ask his disciples, what do people say about me? And they start listing off different people and things. And then Jesus looks at me and goes, but what do you say? What about you personally? So I have two points for you this morning. The first one is this. Your stance is built on truth. Everybody say truth. John 14, 6 says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 8, 31 through 32 also says that if you hold to my teachings, Jesus says this, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. 
Jesus is the truth, and Jesus knows that the truth will set you free. It says, if you obey me, you'll be living by the truth. See, there's truths about who Jesus <coughs> is, and there are certain things that aren't true about Jesus. Would you guys agree with me? Have you ever believed something about someone that wasn't true? Absolutely. Happens all the time. It can happen with Jesus as well. In fact, I would go as far as to believe and to say that there are certain things about Jesus that you might think are true that aren't. There are certain false Jesuses that we believe. I like to call it my Jesus. Everybody say my Jesus. Everybody has their own Jesus in their life. Everybody has their own idea of what Jesus should be like, his characteristics, when he should show up. In fact, oftentimes, my Jesus doesn't fit with the idea of who Jesus is up here. So, something happens in my life and I'm like, but Jesus, why is this happening in my life? Jesus, I wanted this to happen. The Jesus I want would give me everything that I want. Amen? Anybody ever been in that situation? But knowing who Jesus is truly is the thing that's going to determine the way that you live your life. And it's going to ultimately make who you are. There's nothing, there's nothing more important than your understanding of who Jesus is in your life. And I would go as far as to say that the truth of who Jesus is, it determines who you are and where you're going to go in this life. You see... How many of you have ever been like camping or anything like that and had to use a compass? If you're in a certain place and you're using a compass and you're a couple of degrees off right here, miles down the road, you're going to be so far away from the destination because you were a little bit off here. It's the same thing in our understanding and our relationship with Jesus that when little things get off down the line, we find ourselves in these places so far away. We're like, how did we even get here and thinking Jesus was like this, or I was like this. And it's because it comes down to matters of truth. Did you guys know that the difference between Jewish beliefs, Christian beliefs, Islamic beliefs, and even Mormon beliefs come down to one thing? Are you ready for this? Jesus. It all comes down to who Jesus is, and ultimately it gets broken off, and those understandings create way for whole new systems of thinking. So it's interesting because... You could look at someone who's different than you, but really the biggest difference is in just your understanding about Jesus. In fact, if you look at the crucifixion when Jesus was on the cross, did you know why Jesus was actually crucified by the people? Yes, it was the will of the Father for him to be crucified, but Jesus didn't go, okay, everyone, I need to die for the rest of the world, and all the religious leaders and executors are like, okay, let me help you. You know, like, that's not what they did. Jesus was sentenced to be crucified. Why? Because he said he was the son of God. And that was an offense punishable by death according to the law of that day. They didn't believe that he was the son of God even though he was. So let me tell you something. Isn't it interesting that the difference between the people who crucified Jesus and the people who lived for him was simply just in their understanding of him? The truth is the biggest thing. I don't know about you, but I know that for me, I can get really passionate about stuff. But honestly, if it's not true, it doesn't matter how passionate I am about something if it's not true. Where do you find truth about Jesus? Where do you learn about Jesus? 
And ultimately, I think it comes down to God's word. It comes down to listening to your leaders. It comes down to really digging into where the truth of he is. You know what? This is what it is. Jesus is the son of God. This is where I discovered it. Oh, Jesus is the Messiah. Oh, Jesus is my healer. Jesus is the Lord and the savior of my life. Where do you discover those things? Where do you learn about truth personally about Jesus? Don't wait for truth to come to you about Jesus, but go seek it yourself and learn for yourself. So it's based on truth. Amen? The second one is this, that it's built on relationship. Say relationship with me. See, it's not just having necessarily the facts. In fact, sometimes I think that, how many of you like to watch game shows or play game shows or anything like that? You know, like, sometimes I think that it's like us at a buzzer and it's like a game show and Jesus is the host and he's like, all right, you need to get these 10 questions right and you'll get to go to heaven. And it's like, Jesus is A, the son of God. B, a dog, like C, none of the above, or D, your mama, you know, and you're like, he's the son of God, and it's like, correct, you're going to heaven, yeah, and it's like, we'll be back after these messages, like, some of us think that it's just a matter of getting questions right, and then it's like, I'm done, I've done it, I'm going to heaven because I aced the quiz, we think in terms of school and education, But did you know just having all the right facts about Jesus isn't necessarily mean that you have a relationship with him? In fact, in James 2.19, as it's up here, it says that you believe that there is one God good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You know, for me, it pains me to think that demons have better info and knowledge about Jesus than me. That's That's a humbling thought because... Well, they're definitely not in relationship with Jesus. They're opposed to Jesus. So if it's not just having the right information that puts me in right standing with God, then what is it? Well, it's something even greater than that. It's relationship. And it's not just knowing of. Everybody say of. You can know of something in your life, but not know it really personally. And I want to give you an example of it. How many of you have ever heard of Magic Johnson? Anyone? Do you want to put that picture up? Magic Johnson was a five-time NBA champ. There he is playing against Michael Jordan. He's one of the best basketball players of all time. Maybe some of you aren't sporty. I'm very sorry. I will take your grievances after service. Amen. But I remember one day, I was, at, I was in college. I went to Portland State, and I was at their athletic center. And I'm leaving the place. I'm, like, walking out the main stairs of it. All of a sudden, I see this dude walking up in the distance, and you know when you see someone, and you're like, I know that person, but I'm not sure where I know him from. All of a sudden, as he gets closer, I realize it's Magic Johnson that's walking straight at me, just on my PSU campus. And I'm like, walking up to him, and my eyes are just getting this big, you know, like as I walk up to him, and he goes, what's up, play it? And I'm like, hi, Mr. Johnson, and like, shake his hand. And his hand just swallowed mine, first of all, because he was just massive. And so here's someone that I had known a lot of information about. Don't you think it would have been weird for me to be like, hey, buddy. Yeah, we go way back. I know everything about you. That's restraining order right there. Amen. All right. I'm like, hey, yeah, you know me, right? He'd be like, 
who are you, weirdo? You know, because I may know a lot of information about Magic Johnson, but to think that we're best buds or to think that he knows me and he knows my life and that I know his and that we share friendship or are brothers with one another. See, that's a whole different thing. That was definitely not what happened. I played it cool. Be proud of me. Amen. See, you can know of Jesus. Hey, Jesus. What's up? I got, did you see my quiz score about you? I nailed it. He's like, who are you? In fact, there's actually a scripture in the Bible in Matthew 7 where it talks about people not following the will of God. And then they'll come before Jesus someday and they'll be like, look at all this stuff I did for you. And he'll be like, I'm sorry, I don't recognize you. I don't have a personal relationship with you at all. So you can have truth. But truth leads to relationship. They both work together, actually. It's, it's quite amazing, actually. Because you can try to enter into a relationship with Jesus, but if you believe that he's a puppy, it's not real. All right? Amen? All right? But if you have all truth and don't have any relationship, you're going to just not know each other at all. You'll just know of Jesus but you won't know him personally. And so this morning, I want to re-ask you guys a question. I'm going to call up uh, Ismari here to lead us in some response questions. I want you to put away your Bibles, your notes, your phones, everything right now in that nature. <clears throat> There's a lot to know about Jesus. And part of the reason for our series that we're going to be going through, in fact, if you want to get a jump on it, we're going to read through first, um, or Colossians chapter one, verse 15 is where we're going to start next week. And we're going to dive into a bunch of attributes and characteristics about Jesus that reveal the truth of who he is. But the real question for you is this, where do you stand with Jesus this morning? Not your parents, not your church record, not the outer things. Just think about yourself and Jesus right now. Because what it says here is that, as we read, that Jesus has provided forgiveness of sins. And that he's sitting down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. You know, John 3.16 says that, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in that and enters into that and says, I believe in you, won't perish but have eternal life. And then it says... The Son of God didn't come to the earth to condemn you, but to save you. So my question for you this morning is, Jesus is ready to enter into a relationship with you based on truth. So what about you?